Welcome to another episode of Paul Tom Power, Power System Design's podcast on the latest in power and power design. I'm your host, Alex Paul, and today I've got David Andine, and he's with uh, Maxim Integrated, and uh, we're just going to talk about uh, managing technology and signal chain and just dealing with all of the complexities that are being constantly thrust upon us nowadays in the electronic space. Isn't that right, David? Welcome to the show. Hi, Alex. Thanks so much for having me. And you absolutely hit the nail on the head. I think a lot of trends in electronics these days talk about smart factories, smart grid, and other more advanced automation applications. And those are concepts. Um, but once you dig into the details, it's a, it's a tremendous amount of um, data and bookkeeping and high-performance electronics that needs to function really at the ground level to make these visions a reality. Understood. Well, because you can say, you know, all day buzzword, smart grid, buzzword, Internet of Things, buzzword, cloud, but unless you can get the knowledge from the sensors to the logic, from the logic out to command the servos, from the servos to report back what their status is and the power. I mean, there are so many moving parts. And they, today, it behooves the designer to make sure that there's management and feedback at all of these levels. So that means we've got so much to manage. There are a lot of challenges out there, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. And uh, you nailed it again when you talked about having to manage all of those pieces. And one thing that I'm working on in my group here at Maxim is uh, developing some system and subsystem reference designs that work to solve some of those signal chain issues and provide engineers with more than just a chip, more than just a high-performance functioning building block, but uh, a little bit more of the system that's uh, designed and tailored and targeted in a way that engineers can uh, pick them up and, and use them more quickly uh, as they're trying to build these complex systems that we're talking about. Well, exactly. And, and then we're not just simply talking about a better chip because even the most highly integrated chips today are still not a complete solution. That's absolutely right. <laughs> I, think, I think a vision for um, you know, a single chip that runs everything is still pretty far off. And um, we're, we're at a point you know, in, my, in my world of analog that uh, there's still a lot of piecing together uh, different different chips uh, and, and building a system, building a design. And um, that's, that's some of the things that we're working on uh, right now. If, if I could, could I, could I mention some of the systems that we've actually got uh, today please, to talk about? Please, okay. Of course, okay, yes. Absolutely. Yeah, one um, that we've just recently announced is called the Alameda Reference Design. And uh, this, is, this is a really neat one. It's uh, four highly accurate analog output uh, signals. And so you're talking about, um, you're talking about uh, positive and negative voltages or currents that typically act in an actuation system 
in a factory floor or an automation environment. And right. with the increase in the number of sensors and actuators and systems to control, uh, you can see that there's, there's a need for assist systems like this, especially high-performance ones. Exactly. And now, if I may, David, jump in very quickly, right, because whenever we start talking application spaces, sometimes I think, you know, how far can we push that envelope? What kind of a form factor solution are we talking about? Can we use this for a highly automated autonomous vehicular system or something? <laughs> Alex? Absolutely. <laughs> well, I, I, well I'm, I'm, I'm a guy who would say, give me one so I can build something in my basement, too, don't forget. I, and, and, you know, you raise a really good question. When we build these things, uh, typically we're targeting a specific application. And what that provides is, is focus and discipline in the design approach. And yet, I have seen engineers build all sorts of incredible, uh, inventive, uh, exciting, different pieces with these. And there's no question that in, your, in this autonomous vehicle that you're building, hopefully you're building, right? <laughs> no, well, actually, no, I need, I, need, I need a few more parts, but... <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you this design. Um, there you in, go. In those in those systems, you're going you're gonna to have to have a, a, a very high-speed uh, control architecture in the middle of that, and then you're going to need a lot of different uh, analog sensors and actuators uh, that are surrounding that system and interacting with the real world. So there's no doubt you would need some, some accurate analog output signals on this autonomous vehicle. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. for sure. Or, or any, anything like that, a uh, robot for... Toxic environments, uh, a highly automated, as you were saying originally, a highly automated factory floor. There are, the real world is analog. You have to be able to manage that information in a digital environment. Mm-hmm, 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 yes. And, and I, I think, you know, from an application standpoint, you've, you've really touched on the potential of, of these different um, sensors and actuators and analog electronics, you know, because you're talking about a robotic arm in a toxic environment. Um, maybe you go ahead and talk about advanced management of, um, you know, some sort of a pipeline that's out in the wilderness under much harsher conditions than a controlled floor, a controlled factory floor, I should say. And, um, you know, with, with designs like this, uh, there's there's really an opportunity to move forward in these applications and and you know design the next generation of exciting pieces. Well, isn't that what it's all about? Is that we're trying to create the tools that enable the community to move the ball forward and to create a better design. So, what I see from this is you're you know well obviously we're all on that treadmill because. Once you develop this design, you're going to have people pushing for more channels and more bandwidth and more speed. But then, obviously, then we'll have this conversation six months to a year from now. You'll be introducing your next reference design of that nature. <laughs> Most certainly. Most certainly. Uh, and, and actually, if uh, Alex, if I could touch on the other one, too. Where Please. I, I was expecting you to. Too. And I was expecting uh, Alameda you to. is the first one that I mentioned. That's the four-channel analog output. 
the other one that we've just announced is called Petaluma, and that's an eight-channel analog input. And we had we had touched on sensors in harsh environments, and the real application that we're targeting here for for this eight-channel analog input is grid power measurement. And this mm, is mm-hmm, a mm-hmm. smart grid that's that's upstream of meters. Right. Everybody thinks of smart grid as as their smart meter that's going to be sitting on the side of their house. And exactly. Right. Really. I'm sorry. No, no, no. I was just nodding along. I apologize. Ah, uh, no problem. Uh, and really, the the infrastructure of the smart grid expands tremendously as as you flow upstream into what is called commonly distribution automation. And that's, that's the automation of power distribution. And the key element in distribution automation is getting accurate data. So accurately measuring all three phases on a three-phase power distribution, which typically takes about eight channels, depending on how uh, the application is executed. Typically, you would have... Um, you know, three currents, three voltages, and then maybe a, a current and or neutral voltage, current and or voltage neutral. Um, mm-hmm. And these need to be sampled very, very quickly, and they need to be sampled simultaneously, meaning uh, they speed need to be and bandwidth. all at the same time. Well, speed and bandwidth. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And, and that, you know, that's another application where, where you see the need for these types of sensors. You know, envision that as a sensor, right? And that sensor needs to be performing uh, wherever the wires are, right, wherever they are, whether it's um, in a uh, dense urban environment, whether it's out in some cold mountain pass. Uh, the utilities need to collect this data in order to understand what's happening on their lines and to uh, actively uh, manage manage their system and control and optimize the power distribution so that, number one, the power doesn't go out, and then, number two, that they can squeeze a little bit more efficiency out of, out of the uh, distribution system uh, to realize some of these visions of the smart grid. Got it. Well, and that's... that's you know, the whole problem with this is it's very, the fact that you can't bin analog. It's You're always going to be looking for that speed and that bandwidth and that flexibility. And so um, what do you see coming down the stream? Like now you've gotten these reference designs. What other functionalities do you foresee coming out with in this same channel for the uh, – public. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Wow, that's a great question. And uh, I, think, I think the dominant uh, technology that we're going to see in both the industrial and the energy space, and, and I'm even, I'm even going to go ahead and couple in a little bit of consumer space, but I think the dominant thing we're going to see is more and more sensors. And, of course, that's a, that's a very general statement. Uh, so, you know, let me give you some examples of things that are, that are a little bit more granular and, and kind of neat and exciting. 
Um, in the industrial space, um, there's, there's a shift now towards smarter sensors. And these mm-hmm. are, these are going to be sensors that will execute uh, a more um, execute a communication protocol that allows them to self-identify and to be configurable and configurable more quickly. So if you look at the old industrial space, uh, you would have things like um, 4 to 20 milliamp sensors, and your signal would just be a current in the range of 4 to 20 milliamps that would indicate a pressure or a temperature or a weight. Um, Now enter things like IO-Link communication protocol. And this is an area that we've developed some sensors and we're continuing to develop more. This is like, this is like USB for the industrial space. You, you, mm-hmm. Just like when you plug in a USB hard drive, you plug in one of these sensors, and the sensor has a configuration file that says, hey, I'm Mr. Temperature Sensor. Here's what I'm going to be saying to you. And your central system, your control system says, great, off you go. And so you, you can imagine if you're, if you're trying to configure a factory floor with, say, 10,000 sensors, it's a lot quicker to have these guys that configure themselves. Right? Exactly. Exactly. I think we'll, we'll see um, more and more of that in the smart grid space, especially as, uh, as the communication infrastructure gets built out. Uh, along with the, the, the sensor infrastructure. So uh, we touched a little bit earlier on the smart meters, and people thinking of smart meters as mm-hmm. being the, the thrust of smart grid, and, and in many ways they are. The beauty of smart meters is that they generally come with some sort of uh, meter-to-meter and network communication protocol. So you can envision that a utility or other uh, municipality can put a lot more sensors just right on top of that same communication network, right? Mm-hmm. And think of how much more uh, data they can generate at different points in their network. Right. Well, and then David, you know, that's the macro side. On the other side of that, um, when you say more sensors, that also applies at the micro side because the more they try to improve user interface, that's going to require sensors. The higher levels of functionality, that's going to require sensors. I mean, there's no precision without feedback, so there's all of those sensors too. So I, I agree with you completely. We're moving into a world where we're basically, it's just going to basically be a whole box full of sensors literally everywhere and then various intelligent systems interpreting the information. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, no doubt. No doubt, Alex. So if, Dave, if I could, go ahead, please. Absolutely. Oh, I was just gonna. I was just gonna touch on um, one other exciting uh, sensor area that I think we'll see in the future, uh, and that is um, ultrasonic flow sensing. It's a That's very exciting uh, technology that I think we'll see applied to uh, that we'll see applied to the water metering infrastructure and other water management systems. That makes a lot of and sense. If you, yeah, yeah. It, 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 it's, it's an area that actually consumes a tremendous amount of uh, power, and it's such a critical piece. Water management is such a critical piece globally 
for the health and, and really, I should say, survival <laughs> of, um, of you know, our modern society, uh, that when you can get a more accurate sensing, uh, a product that Maxim just announced, an ultrasonic water sensor, flow sensor, um, you can do a lot more to uh, more accurately measure the flows of water, detect leaks, and then uh, mm-hmm. act to conserve uh, based on that data. Well, it's this brave new world everywhere you look. I mean, there's just so much going on at the sensor technology level. I mean, even when you think about wideband gas semiconductors at the board level, uh, new topologies, new methodologies, new reference designs, you know, it's, it's just really exciting and interesting to see how things are exploding and moving forward. And uh, it's, it's a little bit of a scary ride staying on top of it, but it's also an exhilarating one. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, and, uh, Dave, we're going to... Go ahead. You're about to say... Uh, I, yeah, I'm sorry, Alex. I was just going to say we're going to continue coming out with a lot more reference designs, as you had mentioned. So uh, I just want to put out a word to listeners, please uh, come to the Maxim website and see the different reference designs that we're coming out, out with. A lot of exciting uh, different designs uh, coming out now and in the, in the coming three and six months, as you mentioned. Excellent. Well, what I always do, David, is I always let my uh, guest have the last word on my show so that way we don't miss anything because sometimes, you know, you get caught up in the conversation, you miss something. So this is your opportunity to either uh, mention something that I didn't have the opportunity to bring up or you have a tip for the audience or anything you'd like to leave us with. This is your chance. Uh, you get the last word. The floor is yours. Well, thank you, Alex. I really just appreciate the opportunity to um, be on your show today and uh, have the chance to mention the different designs that we're coming out with. And I want all the listeners to know that we're continuing to actively uh, develop new and innovative designs. Uh, Each of these designs comes complete with a set of design files uh, so that anybody wishing to take a look into the details of the design can do so and move more quickly to tailor one of these for their own designs. And the boards are all uh, available as well for purchase. So again, just come by the website and if you want to get one to uh, set it up in your lab, put it on your desk, and fire it up and see how it performs, that's, uh, that's an option as well. Uh, we're going to continue developing lots of these. And so, um, you know, I appreciate the opportunity and I look forward to hopefully uh, touching base again in the future. Oh, definitely. When you have some new stuff to tell us, I'll definitely drag you back on the show, David. It's always nice to talk to to someone who's helping move the ball forward and create new solutions for the community. Well, thank you, Alex. I really appreciate it. Pleasure is mine. And I'd like to also thank uh, all of you out there in the audience. We wouldn't be here without you. Tell your friends. This is Alex Paul for Paul Tom Power. Have a great day. <laughs>